Burns and Gambo. The 4 o'clock reset. Brought to you by Collins Comfort AC and Plumbing. Proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals. 4 o'clock reset. Burns and Bird today. Jordan Bird, our former producer, fill-in host. He's filling in for Gambo today as we are live from Footprint Center and our broadcast brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. We're at the turn. The midway point of the Burns and Gambo show, so this is where we get you caught up on everything going on in sports when we talk. We start, I should say, with the Phoenix Suns. Back here tonight, they're hosting Jalen Green and the five-win Houston Rockets. Chris Paul has already been ruled out. Now Tory Craig has been ruled out. So with a groin strain, I believe. So for those of you keeping score at home, that means for tonight's game, obviously no Jay Crowder. He's still sitting at home. No Cam Johnson. He still has the meniscus injury. Your third string power forward wing player is now unavailable. <laughs> we haven't heard who's going to start. The, the running theories seem to be either Damian Lee or maybe Jock Landale if you really wanted to go big. But once again, it's another little thing for this team to overcome, albeit against a very bad, very young Rockets team. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the best case scenario, right? To have this uh, being on your fourth wing player, your fourth number four for a game like this, it's, it's kind of advantageous to have the Rockets. And I look at this game tonight as kind of a test, just another small test along the road of the regular season to see if Devin Booker can continue to do the magic that he has done for the last week or so. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about this coming up in a couple of minutes, but it's, it's it's pretty obvious that Devin Booker has achieved that level of superstardom now where he's compelling enough just to watch him. You know, it doesn't mean he's going to have a good game. doesn't mean he's going to have a great night every night. But he has reached that level where it, it almost doesn't matter who's around him and it doesn't really matter who's on the schedule. You tune in. What crazy stuff is that dude going to do tonight on the floor? And that it, when you reach that level, that's like the true upper crust of the NBA. I think for me, the, the where he is at now, it's now an expectation that he is going to be great. Where in the past, and I'm not even saying that you know just this last week, but maybe in seasons past, where if he had a 40-point game or something, it was, oh, wow, that was you know a blip on the radar. Now you feel like on any given night, Night, Devin Booker can go out and can completely dominate the game. And it's not just offense as well. His defense has been fantastic as well. It has been very, very good. From the NFL, the Cardinals obviously have the off week this week, the very late bye in the season. Kyler Murray, it's been a long week for the young man, even though he doesn't have a game to prepare for. Question this week after Patrick Peterson called him out on his All Things Covered podcast today on our Cardinals Corner podcast, Murray's team teammate, rookie offensive lineman Lasita Smith, joined that podcast and very much defended Kyler Murray's character and and how he plays. I feel like a lot of people look at him as this selfish guy and a guy that only cares about himself, but being on the inside, I see that he cares about guys. I can speak personally. To some people, he may not have the best character or they may not know him like some of us do on the inside, but he's a good dude and he definitely looks out for his guys. And, look, and I will say that's what bothered me maybe as much as anything else when it comes to Patrick Peterson, the, the statement, Kyler don't care about nothing but Kyler. Of course he cares about something other than Kyler. Does he care enough? That you know that That's sort of the, between the body language and everything else. That's kind of what we talk about. But to think that Kyler literally cares about nothing else other than him and that none of it matters to him at all, come on. He would have achieved this level in his career with that sort of 
that sort of next level narcissism, I wouldn't think anyway. Well, and the other thing, too, and I'm sure he's still in touch and contact with some Arizona Cardinal players, but Patrick Peterson hasn't played, been in the same locker room with Kyler Murray in four years. Right. So is there a possibility that Kyler Murray has grown, matured since you last were with him on a daily basis? Yeah. I mean, I still think that Ky- or that Patrick Peterson brought up some interesting points. I just don't care the way that he went about it. Yeah. Cardinals GM Steve Kime joined the show earlier. He talked about Kyler Murray's character as well. The fact that Kyler had to sit two weeks with the injury, I honestly thought from, from my perspective that the way he came back, watching his body language, his approach, the way he played in the game, I thought he actually did a very good job. And uh, maybe sometimes th- th- those opportunities to be able to sit back and, and watch uh, are chances to grow. And uh, I think Kyler played a good football game, and I thought he did some really good things in terms of decision-making and uh, you know times that he had to run with the football, which are obviously difference makers for us. That was Steve Kime with us earlier today. The Bills trounced the Patriots last night 24-10 to on Thursday Night Football. Josh Allen, 223 yards, two touchdowns in the win, including that crazy touchdown pass at the end of the first half probably shouldn't have thrown it. He was like, he was like a foot away from being out of bounds, and yet across his body through a dime in the end zone. Very, very impressive play. And now the Patriots are pretty much in must-win territory when they come to State Farm Stadium a week from Monday to play the Cardinals. Lose that, they're probably out of it in the AFC. Yeah, it's going to be a team that's hungry. It's going to be a team with their season on the line. And although they didn't win the game last night, they won the uniform com- uniform combination. It was oh, with the old school oh, throwback Patriot the Pete on the, the helmet. <laughs> yes. I didn't know that dude had a name. He's Patriot Pete. I think that's the name. Don't really? hold me to it, but I believe that's what he's referenced. I, I, I did not know that was his actual name, but that's very, very cool. This weekend in the NFL, big games. Titans, Eagles, Jets, Vikings, Commanders, Giants, Dolphins, 49ers, Chiefs, Bengals. Those are all above 500 teams playing each other. One game we didn't mention when we talked about this earlier. The return of Deshaun Watson. The 11-game suspension is done. They're 4-7. and seven. There's no expectation the Browns are any good. But you better believe people are going to be watching to see how he does. He hasn't played a game since January of 2021. And they are paying him a lot of money to have not played in that long of a period of time. I just want to go back to the one game that you mentioned, the Giants and Commanders. Maybe excluding Philadelphia, who do you think is the best team in that NFC East? Or in throw it, maybe it's someone who you do think is better than Philadelphia. I think the Cowboys are the second best team in the NFC East, and I think they're almost neck and neck with the Eagles. I kind of agree with that. Yeah, I mean, I think the Giants and the Commanders are a little bit of fool's gold. A little bit. And the but Cowboys. might be good enough to get in. True. I just think a little bit of fool's gold. But I just think it's going to be fascinating because, I mean, everyone has kind of anointed the Eagles as the best team in the NFC, where with all of these intra-NFC East games coming up, we could see quite a bit of a shakeup. No doubt about it. New ASU head football coach Kenny Dillingham was on the Bickley and Murata show today. He made it clear where his priorities stand for next season's roster. Here's the coach. Contrary to what a lot of people do nowadays, it's not to convince people not to transfer. I want people who want to be Sun Devils. I want people who wake up every day, they walk into that building, and they go, man, am I lucky. Man, can I wait? not wait to get to work. And that's what I told everybody that walked through that door is, 
you know what? This is my dream job. I'm going to be here forever as long as, long as I can. And we're going to do this the right way. We're going to get people in this building who want to be here. And uh, you'd be shocked how many people want to be here and love this place. Look, it's a noble way of phrasing it. In today's co- and I know he knows this, all right. But in today's college football world, that transfer portal and the ease of which guys can leave when they want to leave, right? That is that is a real fickle thing you've got to deal with if you're a head coach in this in college football. Yeah, but it's a double edged sword as well. I mean, it can work for ASU's benefit as well. I mean, yeah. especially with how how deep and how well the state of Arizona has come in high school football and all of these top recruits, the majority of them leaving the Grand Canyon State. If someone at USC or someone at Nebraska or one of these Arizona kids is like, I don't like my current situation, there's this guy back in my own home state who has lit a fire under that program. Maybe I'll go check him out. I mean, it could work and vice versa as well. All right. uh, Also around the ASU program, reports have surfaced that Kenny Dillingham is planning to hire Cal Poly's head coach, Bo Baldwin, to be his new AC. He was a longtime head coach for Eastern Washington of the Big Sky. Big win for ASU basketball last night. They beat Colorado in their conference opener. A Desmond Cambridge Jr. three-pointer with two and a half seconds to go. They were down 15, yeah. and they won that game 60-59. to 59. Oh, Man, and the one loss, what was it, to Texas Southern, I believe? Yeah. I mean, there's a distinct possibility ASU should be undefeated at this point. And uh, I know a big reason why Gambo's not on the air today. Fourth-ranked U of A lost their first conference game last night on the road, 81-66. Gambo loves him. Some U of A basketball. I think he's avoiding He's avoiding the microphone because he knows we'd give him crap about U of A losing. That's kind of a weird game, right? I mean, I know Utah's had some questionable losses so far this season, and it just shows maybe potentially that the Pac-12's got some depth this year. Potentially, and that U of A maybe. I mean, look, the Maui Invitational was was a great win for them, but that's a pretty mediocre team they lost to, unless Utah's better than we think. And also, those Maui games are tough because you're playing in a high school gym in front of a neutral crowd for the most part. Yeah. It's different than going on the road in the Pac-12. And the Diamondbacks made it official today. They have signed relief pitcher righty Miguel Castro to a one-year deal. According to reports, he's getting about $3.5 million for the season. He's 28 years old, pitched for the Yankees last year. He did it with uh, a 4-1-2 ERA for his career. Hard thrower, has missed some games, has a high walk rate. Mike Hazen has talked in the past about wanting to add more power arms, but knowing that he was probably going to have to take some risks to do it, this is kind of a risky sign given how many games he's missed and how erratic he can be. Even still, it's better than what the bullpen was this past season. No so, doubt. I mean, throw as many arms, throw as many bodies as that at that problem as you possibly can, because it really was detrimental to the season, how that bullpen played. That's your 4 o'clock reset here on Burns and Gamble. When we come back tonight, it's another opportunity for D-Book to be legendary, because once again, the circumstances for the Suns aren't the best. It's next, Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Happy Friday to everybody. We are live today from Footprint Center tonight at 7 o'clock. Suns taking on the Rockets. Of course, you'll hear it right here, the Arizona Sports app, 98.7. And our coverage today is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. As tonight's game's coming up, and we got a little bit of news about tonight's game right before we hit the air. Tory Craig, unavailable for tonight's game with a groin injury. 
Now, the Suns play the Rockets tonight, the Spurs on Sunday, the Mavs on the road on Monday, the Celtics at home on Wednesday. Next week's a big week. It's a little, it's like a little uh, pool play competition for early season MVP honors, right? Because you got Devin Booker versus Luca. You got Devin Booker versus Jason Tatum. Those are three of the guys who are often mentioned in this thing, right? You've got MVP showdowns. You also have kind of bad blood matchups: Suns and Dallas, yep. and Suns and Pelicans. You know, after that playoff series last year, the Pelicans all of a sudden kind of came on Phoenix Suns fans' radar a little bit as. A pesky, annoying team. I tell you, that is a team that will be a thorn in the side for years to come. I really believe years to come. And the Suns had the luxury of not playing them with Zion Williamson. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's keep an eye, and I know everybody says that about them, but you know what? Everybody's right. Keep an eye out for the Pelicans because they are they are well coached, they are well managed from their GM Dave Griffin. They're, they're just a, they they know what they're doing. They've got a, and and they 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 hit it out of the park with Zion. The Brandon Ingram trade has obviously worked out very very well for them. ZJ McCollum has been a great add. They're just and that young talent. They're they're good. So they, yeah, they play the Pelicans. Uh, both games are in New Orleans. It's like. A Friday Sunday kind of deal the weekend after this one. So. That's bad news yeah. to have a day off in New Orleans. It's, it's bad news. Well, I'm saying that that's <laughs> no, potentially gets guys in trouble. It's bad news for who though? You know, oh, I wasn't even trying to set that up. I don't want to go there. I'm yeah. just thinking myself. If I have an off day in New Orleans, I'm probably not going to be in peak shape the next day. I was talking with a friend about that. Like some teams come in here and it's the Scottsdale flu. <laughs> some people go to South Beach and yeah. it's the South Beach flu. Make no mistake, there's a New Orleans flu. Too. Oh yeah. And if you got back-to-back games on the road there in the French Quarter, ooh. Yeah, that flu's got a little Cajun uh, seasoning on it. <laughs> Ooh-wee, that's spicy. Um, so no Tory Craig tonight, which means for those of you keeping score at home, the, the quote-unquote power forward position, you're on your fourth stringer now. Yeah. You know, your top three guys. Your four position could be filled by a guy who's 6'5". Yeah, right. And if Damian Lee starts tonight, and Dave King over at Bright Side of the Sun suggested that could be the case, I don't think he's reporting. I think at this point, we're just kind of guessing. Yeah, I mean, the other names I saw, I know you mentioned Landale, but also I mentioned uh, some guys have thrown out Ish Wainwright. Can't imagine he would get into the starting five, but who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows what they do? And it and it has become the equivalent now of the juggler who starts with three balls, and now you throw in a bowling pin, <laughs> and oh by the way, here's a samurai sword, yeah. you know, and here's a lit torch, and and it's like how much more do you want to throw at these guys? And, and it's and and because they've responded to it so well there's not like with the cardinals they lose another guy and it's like oh god they lost another guy with the Suns, it's almost like okay they lost another guy let's see what you got let's see what you're gonna do you know because you've responded to it so well so far and that's the key because they've responded to it so well up to this point if they had been you know one and five in their last games then we're probably feeling about this a little bit differently totally but because they've handled it so well and because the reason they have is the play of not only Devin Booker but DeAndre Ayton yeah I think it gives Suns fans a breath of fresh air of 
like, okay, now we're starting to see what this two-headed monster of Booker and DA, when they're operating at full capacity, yeah. are capable of doing. And we teased that a little bit during the 4 o'clock reset, but that that really has... And when Tim was filling in for Gambo yesterday, we kind of talked about like this superstar club, right, where there's the velvet ropes and you get into the club, and if, you, if you're talking about the 10 best players in the NBA, the 10 biggest stars in the NBA, Devin Booker's in that club. But then there's another back room. We call it Burnsy's back room, <laughs> where Giannis is hanging out, Luke is hanging out, and Steph's oh, hanging out. so the out. VIP. Like the real VIP okay. room, right, where the bottle service is included yes. with admission into the club. They give it to you for free, right? I, I, I feel like Devin Booker is really starting to get to the point where he can get in that room. And part of the reason why is because he's achieved that status where you almost want to watch tonight just for him. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I'd say that with all respect in the world to Mikel and DeAndre and everybody else, but almost the allure of watching tonight, it's not the Rockets. They're 5-16. and 16. It's not to see how how Damian Lee or Jock Landale does filling in for Torrey Craig, you know, I mean, they'll, or Ish Wainwright. They'll, it's to see what crazy stuff Devin Booker's going to do tonight. And that, when you've got that kind of allure associated to your name, you are getting into Burnsy's back room, right? You are getting into the club within the club. Yeah. Because that is what's reserved for the very, very elite in this game. I'm tuning in to watch you to see what you do. It almost feels like it's a personal test for Devin Booker. Okay, this has happened. Watch me go and do this. Oh, another teammate is out injured? Watch me go do this. Watch me go put up 51. Watch me... uh, Still, I mean, he's... It's not just the scoring. It's the passing. And it's the defense. And even rebounding numbers have been up as of late. I mean, it's just he has morphed into this complete player. And I feel like part of it is that chip on the shoulder for the lack of recognition that he gets around the rest of the nation or rest the, around the rest of the NBA. Yeah, it, I mean, you would think by now that that well would have run dry but a little bit. But, but it, that well it, keeps getting filled up. I know it does. You know, it does. When, you know, I mean, for goodness sakes, Gambo the other day had me bet money for him on Devin Booker to win the MVP because the odds were ridiculous. Yeah. He's like, wait a minute. They since changed. But he's like, wait a minute. He's 55-1 to 1 to win the MVP. This was the day after the 44.6 steal night mm. against the Kings. Yeah. And he's like, wait a minute. He's fifty-five to one to win the MVP. I'm putting down a hundred on that right now. Just, I mean, just to see, just yeah. to see what happens. And so, with that, yeah, that disrespect well finds a way to get filled up a little bit. Oh, really? You think that John Morant's got better MVP odds than I do? Okay, let me go show you. Well, you know, and you you kind of alluded to well, how much can he go to that well? That that lack of respect well that to power him along. I just. I just went back and rewatched the Last Dance documentary a couple months ago. Uh-huh. Michael Jordan, throughout that entire documentary, oh, is personal vendetta against personal vendetta yeah. against, you know, someone said that Dan Marley was a, a guy, or Jerry Krause loved Dan Marley, so I took it as a personal offense to embarrass him. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's one of the greatest players, if not the greatest player of all time, and he was able to find that, and I think that's what Devin does, is I, find those, no, I think you're those right. gripes. And I think, I, I think it might even get to the point where he has to invent gripes. Sometimes. He has to manufacture gripes. You know, not yeah. 
Live, that's what Jordan did. But that's what Jordan did. Like, take this. Well, like the Amir Coffee thing last year in Denver. Mm. When when they introduced Devin Booker in Denver and they show Amir Coffee's picture on the on the, the big screen and not his. And he did. He had like that Michael Jordan last dance. And I took that personal kind of moment where, oh, really? You're going to put that guy's picture up in my name and you're yeah. going to announce me? Okay, I'm going to go drop 49 on you. You know, it, it's that's you. He finds a way to invent this. That's why that he had this story. Sam Amick of The Athletic wrote a story about Devin Booker a couple of days ago. And Booker, with a smile on his face, said, yeah, you know, I'm not really in the MVP race. I, I'm not, you know, but the smile on his face is like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm saying I'm that this. to give myself that carrot yeah. to go after and get it, just to show everybody that you're damn right I'm in this. Or you almost even to bait national media or national fan bases where they're like, yeah, you know what? Devin Booker isn't in the MVP. Oh, okay, really? Let me go out and do what I've been doing, uh, you know, at such a high level over the last couple of weeks. Uh, it's it's gotten to the point now, and you touched on it, and I think you're so accurate, so true. It's almost now appointment viewing of, I don't care who the opponent is, it could be the Houston Rockets, I need to tune in to see what kind of crazy good play Devin Booker is going to exhibit tonight. Text us your thoughts on the FanDuel text line when talking about Devin Booker and the Suns. You can text us at 620-620 right now. When we come back, Kyler Murray. It's been a rough week in terms of the national perception of his character. He is is getting support from one of his fraternity members. We'll tell you about that next on Burns and Gambo. Football Friday with Burns and Gambo. Presented by 72 Soul. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, it's a Friday. Usually when the Cardinals are playing on Sunday, our typical Friday Twitter poll question is, are the Cardinals going to win by a little, win by a lot, lose by a little, lose by a lot? We don't have that today. <laughs> so, so, and I think I know what everybody would vote for anyway. Yeah. So let's instead go back to the Auction Community Studios where Eric Ruby is standing by with today's Twitter poll question of the day. Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll update presented by Sanderson Ford. So let me guess, Rubes, is it are the Suns going to win by a little, win by a lot? <laughs> the Rockets going to win by a little, win by a lot? Is no, that unfortunately, no, nothing no, okay. can replace the replace the sweet poll that is our Friday classic. <laughs> there is nothing that can stand in its nope, place. It can't. It's like every Friday we come into work. It's like, what are we doing for the poll question today? Oh, it's Friday. Ah, oh, just do the thing, the win by a little, win by a lot thing. You know, Let's just see. It's what... like classic Coke. You're not going to come in and replace it with new. Coke. Damn right. Damn right. So, uh, you've got a, you've got a poll question for us. What is it today? Or- this one, a change of pace on a Friday. Some optimism in this one. We're setting the line <laughs> for Devin Booker points scored against the Rockets at 29.5. Apologies, Bernsey, for not consulting you about the line before, but no what are you taking? Over or under? I do not have the monopoly on setting lines around here. It's not a, and that's, for the record, that's about what I would have said, probably. Um... But with it being so overwhelming now, you almost wonder where the number should be. I, I would vote under. I, I think they they run Houston out of the gym, and he doesn't play a ton of minutes tonight. But I, I, that's, well, as the other night proved, he doesn't need a lot of minutes to <laughs> fill up the stat sheet. That's, that's true. That's true. But you think about it. What's crazy about Devin Booker is, if you think about it, he has scored 95 points in basically seven quarters. Yeah. Right? That's I mean, insane. His last two yeah. games. And really, six and a half quarters, because he didn't score a bucket until about six minutes into the first quarter the other night. So in six and a half quarters, he scored 95 points. 
That's nuts. Yes. That's nuts. Yeah. So, so, you know what, Eric? Put me down for the under, but I won't Not be surprised with your if he drops. I wouldn't be surprised if he drops 35 tonight. I just think it's going to be a minute. Life tonight. is too short to bet the under. I'm going over. <laughs> This famous, one, famous last words. Yes, yeah, sir. This one's actually gotten a little bit closer, but it's still overwhelmingly positive, which is insane. The line's 29.5, and 77.5% of people are taking that over. 22.5% are saying under. I think that just shows where the Suns fan base is right now, where it's almost like Devin Booker can go out and just, you know, a 40, 50 point game is, I don't want to say expected, but it's now in the realm of possibility every single single game every single night and, and unfortunately you know i don't want to be you know the downer here do it but unfortunately well with that comes this kind of set of almost unfair expectations like, right and, and, yeah. we're, and we're feeding into it too it's like okay got top you got top what you did the last time okay yeah. be bad you know he, he's not he's not gonna top the 51 points on 20 to 25 shooting like he did the other night well but that's any fan base that has a player like that i mean if maverick if luca goes out for a game and has 20 points five assists and five rebounds, there's probably quite a few Maverick fans that are like, oh, yeah, that's, that's a, what a terrible game or yeah. what a ho-hum game. Once you have let, you talked that they're in Burnsy's back room, that the VIP, yeah. when you're in that club, when you're in that special room of the club, there is that expectation, fair or unfair. Yeah, and look, it might happen tonight where he has kind of a ho-hum 10 for 23 night in which he scores 24 points and everyone goes, oh, you know, and, and, and the key is, as long as they win, not to be too let down by that, because it's going to happen. He, he, that, that level of greatness that he achieved the last two nights is not something that can be maintained every night. Of Otherwise, course. you know, it's because it's just so special. All right, that's the poll question. You can find it on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page. So, uh, Eric, who just did our poll question, also co-hosts our Cardinals Corner podcast, which is available for download at ArizonaSports.com, so you can listen to all things Cardinals. And on this bye week, they were able to land Lasita Smith, the sixth round draft pick who came in, had a nice long conversation with the guys, and of course the Kyler Murray conversation came up and Lasita Smith was very vocal about standing up for his quarterback with all the slings and arrows that he's been taking these last few weeks. I feel like a lot of people look at him as this selfish guy and a guy that only cares about himself, but being on the inside, I see that he cares about guys. I can speak personally to some people he may not have the best character or they may not know him like some of us do on the inside, but he's a good dude, and he definitely looks out for his guys. All right, here's one more from Lasitas, who, in addition to that, said, look, if Kyler didn't care, there's a whole bunch of stuff that he wouldn't do, but he does anyway. Here's what Lasitas Smith had to say about that. If the guy really did not care, he wouldn't be spending the majority of his days in the building, mm-hmm. putting in extra work, watching film with Colt McCoy, the whole nine, and, and correcting guys like me, or even getting into it like, you know, I think a lot of people took that clip of him and D-Hop going at yeah. it and took it the wrong way but if he didn't care he wouldn't even send it he'd be like alright whatever I'll get you the ball when I get it to you but that's not the case they're both going back and forth like that because they're very passionate about this game that they love that they've yeah. been playing for some time now I would have been curious to see if there wasn't and I know everyone's got social media accounts so if somebody wanted to chime in they could chime in and D-Hop certainly yesterday I remember two tweets yesterday two days ago seemed like he was coming to his defense seemed like he did yeah um 
I would have been curious to see what level of defense would have been come to if if the guys were in the room this week, right? With the bye week, I mean, they've all been off since Tuesday. I think they had a mandatory Zoom call, and then they all scattered for a week off. Um, I, I don't doubt that everybody would have defended him, but I would have loved to have heard to what level the passion of the defense was, like we saw from Lasita Smith, you know? Well, and I think it would be pretty universal getting Kyler Stand back. by our guy, right. But even in those comments from Smith, there's still like little nuggets that I take where he's like, you know, on the inside, he really takes care of us. And I know, I think there was even a line of like, sometimes it doesn't look like he cares. Well, isn't that bad body language? I mean, if, if it looks like the guy doesn't care from the outside, I'm not saying that that's detrimental to what the team's trying to do, but that maybe plays a reason into why people have this perception of him. If even in a comment praising Kyler Murray, it still kind of leaves some room for interpretation of maybe there is still that bod, bad, bod, bad body language. Yeah. But once you get to know the guy, then everything's all good. Look, I, I don't know how you feel about this. I, I, I think so much of this stems from that simple thing he said after the Chargers game on, on Sunday. Schematically, we were bleeped. And, I, look, should he have phrased it that way? Clearly not, because I think it, it lit the fuse on this whole conversation yeah. all week long. But but I, anybody who was paying any little bit of attention to that conversation knows that he was talking about one very specific play and one very specific thing. And even though he probably should have used different words to describe it, I, I do think... For all of Kyler's faults, and there are many. I mean, we can we can sit here and uh, he's, he's not perfect, and goodness knows he's got tons he could work on. All right, but I do think he could have phrased that differently. I do think it's unfair that him using those words to describe one play has been kind of taken upon as him describing Cliff, him describing the offense, him describing all the play. Because that's not what it was. That that's not in the context of what he said. But because we live in this soundbite kind of world, social media world. Where you just take a snippet like that and suddenly that defines you, I think he's kind of been unfairly cast because of what he said after that game. Agree? Disagree? Oh, I agree. And I think it even extends to his entire career. Because where I initially thought where you were going to go with that was the genesis of some of this was that Dan Patrick interview years and years and years ago where he came off so awkward and so not quarterback-esque, not a leader. And I think those type of moments have left an impression in people's minds that regardless of but, what he does, he's this kind of awkward individual. But not in defense of Kyler, if we're being honest about it, he's had a lot of those moments, right? right? I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, he, he's had that would, a, enough of those moments where, hey, I probably shouldn't have said it like that. Hey, I probably shouldn't have done this. Yeah, his agent probably shouldn't have sent out the all caps memo two days before the scouting combine. Yeah, you know, all, all of these that if you add it up, I can see why people question this. I can see why when Patrick Peterson, what he says, says what he says, a lot of us go, okay, I hate the way he said it, but God, is he right? You know, oh my gosh, is this true? Because right it, about it, the body language, not right. about not the, about the Kyler don't care, thing. nothing about, yes. about you know, because, because the way Kyler, the way Patrick was led into those comments was 
very much a man. Did you hear what Kyler Murray said about schematically the scheme they run in Arizona? And it was just a poor setup because Patrick almost felt like 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 Kyler was saying that about Cliff. Yeah. Kyler was saying that about Cliff's offense, and he wasn't. He was saying that about one play, but Kyler, because of the body language and because of these other awkward moments, puts himself almost in those positions where he's going to be judged like that and interpreted like that. And you know, I I watched the first couple of episodes of Hard Knocks. I don't know if you've been watching it, but especially the episodes where Colt McCoy was the starter for the Cardinals in those games, it was really clear, eye-opening, how much of a leader Colt McCoy is. And not to just compare Colt McCoy to Kyler, but Colt carries himself, carried himself in those games as a leader, as a guy that, okay, I am the starting quarterback for this game. I'm going to do my best and put this team on my back as much as I'm physically able to do. And I just... And at least the internal vision or the internal image of it being projected out, we don't get a whole lot of that with Kyler Murray. Hey, Phoenix, get ready to cheer your team alongside Estrella Jalisco Beer for a list of watch parties and events. Text the word soccer to 620-620 and please enjoy responsibly. So take your mind back to Suns Media Day. Bad vibes. That was what everybody kept saying about the Suns coming out of that. Are those bad vibes still a problem today, he says sarcastically? That's next. Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Suns and the Rockets tonight, 7 o'clock tip time here on Arizona Sports, the Arizona Sports app. 98.7 will have the Hall of Famer Al McCoy with the call. And I think we've even got John Bloom is going to join us at 6.15 for a little bonus Burns and Gambos. He just came by to say hi, so we look forward to that. I saw <laughs> the head, the headline was perfect today on Bright Side of the Sun. They do such a good job over there. And I just I had to laugh because it really does kind of set the tone for this team that's 15-6. and six. Here's the headline, Jordan. Jordan Bird's filling in for Gambo today. So much for the bad vibe sons. Monty Williams named Western Conference Coach of the Month for October, November. And, of course, Devin Booker was named Western Conference Player of the Month for October, November. And it was DeAndre Ayton was named Player of the Week week in the Western Conference. And it was. It was one of those, oh, yeah, media day, (laughs) sons, bad vibes. Brian Windhorst, uh, Monty and DA not talking since the Mavs series. Exactly. Uh, Mark Spears talking about the bad vibes coming off the Suns and the bad feelings about the Suns. And and the whole ownership thing as well well, mixed in on that. Right. And and I thought, man, if that doesn't feel like that was a year ago. Right. And I, I know it was, I mean, that was what, late September, September 26th. Okay. So we're two months removed from bad vibes. Something doesn't feel right. Something's not good with Monty. Something's not good with DeAndre. Everything's askew. Oh, this team might take a step back, whatever. Look, they haven't arrived. They've played a quarter of the season. I get all that. But that feels like it was a year ago, the idea of bad vibes around this basketball team. And I think it's a testament to how this organization is structured now and how they can power through those adversity-type moments because everything that you just laid out, on top of the injuries that have taken 
in place during the season, that could easily derail most NBA teams. Sure. Most professional sports teams, period, uh-huh. regardless of what the sport is. It's derailed the Cardinals. Look at all the injuries they've suffered. I mean, they're, they're season, uh, now, you could say that's not the only reason why. You'd be right to say it. But but the injuries the Suns have suffered, you going through what the Cardinals are going through, it's derailed the Cardinals' season, and the Suns just keep trucking on. Well, I mean, yeah, what? Uh, the NBA roster is 15 players. The Suns have had, what, five? I mean, like 33% of their roster is injured. They're, if you count Jake Crowder as being on the roster, they're down their starting point guard, their starting power forward, their backup power forward. They were missing their backup two guard in Landry Shamit yep. for about a week and a half with the concussion. Now they're missing their backup backup power forward and Tory Craig, who's got a groin injury. Um, trying to think who else who else missed time that I'm not thinking of. Was there somebody else? Or well, was I, that, mean, yeah, I mean, that's a lot. Yeah, right? but I was, I mean, even if you want to extrapolate it, even Dario kind of coming back from the injury, he hasn't really contributed much, hasn't really been a part of the rotation. But, I mean, I guess the point is, is that if you take a step back and look at this from a thousand yards away, the Suns have already gone through a lot of stuff since the season has begun, since really the ESPN report came out with the ownership stuff. So for them now to be able to get through those trials and tribulations and now be on the other side that we think of, that things are seem to be fantastic. I mean, DeAndre Ayton's probably playing his best basketball stretch yeah. of his career. And with that, I, I mean, it, it, look, I love it. Because it's it's the manifestation of everything that we kind of hoped it would be when they drafted him, that we hoped he and Devin Booker would be. There, he, he's teased us in the past, so we do have to. Oh, of course, you know, there's a lot. Okay, big fellow, go do it again, and, and call me a then fool go do it again, and then go do it again. But you this know? is, I think, the juiciest tease we've ever had. Yes, I mean, I, yes, I don't know off the top of my head, has he ever won a Western Conference Player of the Week or any of those I type of? I believe it was his first. Okay, I so I mean, just first. using that as yeah. a baseline, he is in theory playing the best basketball of his career. It, 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 well, okay, you know why I say that? And no, I'm channeling my inner Kellen Olsen here. No, it wasn't. The juiciest tease was the postseason. Yeah. Was that, that, the was, that was the juiciest tease. Yeah. Because he did it over the course of two months against the best competition. That's true. Again, you know, I mean, that, yeah. was, that was like the, oh... He's here. But, he's arrived. He's he's the man. And then he didn't get the contract extension, and the next year he was just all right. And not to nitpick, though, but I think by the time the Suns got to the finals in that playoff run, that explosiveness, that you know, renaissance of play from DeAndre Ayton had kind of plateaued a little a bit. A little bit, yeah. In the finals, it was he did the best he could against Giannis. It's nitpicking, but and, and, you're yeah. right. The best run was the postseason a, a few years ago. But this is a close second right now. All right, so something you said just sparked a question, and, and just the, the first thing that pops into your mind of all the things they've had to overcome this year what has been the biggest is it Paul is it Jay is it Sarver is it what's been the biggest is it the the Aiton Bonnie yeah. relationship well, what's been the biggest thing they've had to get over this year my gut reaction is Chris Paul okay because with Jay Crowder Cam Johnson was already waiting in the wings to take that spot over right I mean that was kind of over I mean we're talking about yes Jay Crowder we lost a starter but he was going to be relegated to the bench anyways not to say that he still wasn't going to play an important role but he was no longer going to be a starter anyways Chris Paul 
has been looked at as the main engine that has really brought all of these pieces together since he arrived in Phoenix. And for and when you look at who was behind him, there were some real questions about campaign coming into this season, whether he could be the point guard that we saw at glimpses during the NBA final run season. Mm-hmm. So for campaign to be playing the way that he has in that role for Chris Paul, and I think it's given Booker and Aiton and some of those other guys a boost to say, you know what? We still are a pretty darn good team, we even without this. Chris Paul. Yeah, yeah. I what do you think? I would have said Jay. Um, I would have said Jay only because I thought, I thought wrong. I was wrong to think this, but I, I thought that they needed to make a move to replace Jay as soon as they could because I thought their bench was going to stink. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, I just, I just didn't think their bench was going to be any good. I, I thought I, I, I didn't have a lot of faith in campaign having a bounce back year. Didn't have a ton of faith in Landry Shamit. I really thought they were thin with no Jay Crowder. I, I thought they needed to make, a, and I wasn't. I liked. I keep comparing myself to Gambo here on this one. I actually liked the moves they made in the offseason of Landale and Akogi and Damian Lee better than he did. I especially like Damian Lee, and I didn't think he was going to do this. I'm not going to sit here and pat myself on the back for that. But I, I didn't mind those moves as much as he did. He, he kind of thought, yeah, they're, they're not, none of them are any good, and they won't be any good. But I thought the bench was like a state of emergency with no Jay Crowder. Like, you've got to move Jay before the season. You've got to get a body. You've got to get somebody to help on that bench because they're thin. That, to me, I thought was the biggest obstacle they had to overcome because I just didn't think they had the personnel to do it. Well, and very similar to that same line of thinking, that's what I was thinking with point guard, is how come the Suns are not doing anything for the backup point guard role yeah. after the season that campaign had last year? That really, the, it was almost like the Cardinals with edge rusher. You're not going to do anything and just expect it to get better? Well, for the Phoenix Suns and campaign, it actually has gotten better. Isn't it funny how many times today we've compared the Cardinals? Uh, it's so the easy, though. It's I so know, easy. Right? It's just because in some ways they're in – it's almost like they're existing in, like, parallel universes, right? Like, yeah. like, like they're in the multiverse or something. <laughs> you know, the Cardinals are in – in this universe, here's the Cardinals, and they've done so many things, like, similar to the Suns, and yet for the Suns it's all worked, and for the Cardinals it's all failed. And it's just it's just the, this multiverse of madness when it comes to our sports where for the Suns they've had the injuries. Doesn't matter. For the Suns, they didn't address the backup point guard. Didn't really matter. For the Cardinals, the injuries have killed them. Not addressing the edge rusher has killed them. Their star number one player hasn't been able to rise the team above all the injuries like the other star number one player has in the other mold. It's just it's, it's an easy juxtaposition. It really is. It's just like compare them side by side. I'm sure. I'm sure the, Meanwhile, the, the Diamondbacks like are just like, hey, we're uh, just picking up relievers. Don't worry about us. Keep us out of this comparison. A reliever, and we'll uh, try to trade Mad Bum, but we're probably not going to be able to when it's all said and done. Uh, he says... When we come back, he says he doesn't care about winning an MVP. The national media, though, is starting to take notice of his MVP-like play. That's coming up next. Jordan Bird in for Gambo on the Burns and Gambo Show.